Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Welcome back. It is Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And now we officially kind of turn the page from the Week 18 win over the Baltimore Ravens. And now we're gearing up for the Buffalo Bills playoff game. We know the day and time. It is Sunday, 1 o'clock. The freaking NFL is not screwing us over by forcing us to get Peacock. We're going to be able to watch it on CBS. This should be a good one. And we have a lot to talk about in this podcast. We know on Wednesdays, the second half, we dive into the mailbag. You all definitely responded in that regard. Also, we've got a lot of news. Mike Tomlin spoke with the media on Tuesday, updating DEFCON levels. And we are going to talk about how the one word, in my opinion, that is going to differentiate a Steelers win versus a Steelers loss on Sunday is creativity. We'll get to that. Let's talk about the news first. As I said, Mike Tomlin met with the media, and TJ Watt has officially been ruled out. We knew this. It was just a matter of being a being the, the, the finality of it, that he's not going to be able to play this week. There might be some help on the way, though, in the secondary. Mike Tomlin talked about Trenton Thompson, who's been dealing with that next, the stinger. He practiced almost all of last week leading up to the Ravens game, but was held out. DeMonte KZ coming off suspension. Tomlin said that it's going to be a matter of conditioning with him. He's going to have to make sure he's in shape enough to play. And Minka Fitzpatrick, Mike Tomlin said he's quote-unquote optimistic that Minka will be back in the black and gold. We'll see if that comes to fruition. If they can get those three guys back, though, even if Minka's not 100%, even if Trenton Thompson still isn't 100% comfortable, and even if DeMonte Casey is not in 100% game shape, getting those three guys back in the secondary, which gives them flexibility in terms of how they can defend certain things that the Buffalo Bills want to do, how they can flex Patrick Peterson, move him back to cornerback if they want, that's going to be vitally important. So we'll talk about those players here in this podcast in the first half. Also, Mason Rudolph was officially named the starter. I talked about this on Monday's podcast in case you missed it. I don't understand. There's a lot of people that were wondering, is he going to go back to Kenny Pickett? I cited 1992 Bill Cower going back to Neil O'Donnell in the postseason. Tomlin said he's sticking with the hot hand. I think that's a good decision. The question of how long is the leash? Well, that depends. So keep that in mind. Let's talk about creativity. Creativity. You know, when I, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. Before we talk about creativity, we have the, the steel, 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 <laughs> We have the Steel Curtain Network. Let me try this again. The Steel Curtain Network giveaway. That's right. I got. I totally forgot. I had it written at the top of my page and I almost forgot. The winner of this giveaway, remember, we paid for the shirt. If you want to upgrade, that's fine. You pay the difference. You want a t-shirt, it's covered. None other than longtime ride or die crew supporter and listener, Brandon Diaz. So, Brandon, I know you're listening. Congratulations. You'll get a message from me. I'm just going to need some simple information and we'll make sure you get that shirt t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, sweatshirt, whatever. We'll get it to you. So congratulations, Brandon. All right, let's get back to the creativity. When I think about the Steelers going into this game, this game in Buffalo is not going to be easy. I don't think anyone really, even the most 
optimistic Steeler fan out there, I don't think they are going into this game thinking, well, this is going to be a cakewalk. I, they, they can handle the Bills. I don't think anyone is saying that. Going to Buffalo without TJ Watt, that's going to be a whole new level of difficult. We know the stats. They've only won one game without him. But let me say this. It is not impossible. I I honest, and I know I'm a homer, and I know that I'm super optimistic. But I'm going to say that them winning without TJ Watt is not impossible. And I think Mike Tomlin spoke about this in multiple occasions, most recently on Tuesday, was how he felt that they are better equipped now to handle the loss of TJ Watt than maybe they ever have since he was drafted in 2017. For me, though, the key to success on both sides of the ball is going to come down to that word that I said at the top of the show, creativity. They are going to have to prepare in a way that both offense and defense are going to have to show the Buffalo Bills something that they have never seen before. I believe this in my heart of hearts, that Josh Allen can be confused. Josh Allen is a quarterback who, if he's, if what he's planned for is exactly what you do, he will pick you apart. Whether it's with his legs, with his arm, doesn't matter. They will win. But if you show something that they've never seen before and that they've never prepared for, that is when they can get got, as the kids say. They can get got if that's exactly what you do. You're creative. You have a new plan that they don't know. They don't. They haven't prepared for it. They didn't see you run it against the Cincinnati Bengals. They didn't see you run it against the Ravens. They didn't see it in Seattle. They've never seen it. So this is going to come down to a lot of coaching. It's going to come down to the coaching, being able to not just create the plan, but then it falls on the players being able to execute the plan. Is this a team? You know, We've seen the Steelers the last two years start to figure it out towards the end of the season. That's great and all. But is it because it takes them that long to implement a plan? If that's the case, that's not good. That is not good in terms of preparing for this game this Sunday in Orchard Park. I think back two years ago, in 2021, the Steelers kicked off their season. TJ Watt, if you remember, had just signed his contract, and they went to Buffalo, and everyone said, okay, the Steelers are probably going to get their doors blown off. This is a tough ask, and the Steelers went up there and won 23-16. to Why? They had a lot of time to prepare for that game. They executed the plan to near perfection. They kind of confused Josh Allen at times, and they win. No one thought they were going to win that game. If you remember, if you go back in time, no one thought they were going to win that game. But then you go back to last season. This was, I think, week five or six. You have uh, Kenny Pickett's first start. Okay, his first start of his career. He got into week four, so this was week five, obviously. 38-3 to loss, and they didn't have T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was not in the lineup. And if you go back to that game, in the early stages of it, it looked as if the Steelers might have the advantage. The Buffalo Bills fumbled the opening kickoff, and or it might have been a punt. That I, I had direct TV issues last year. Dave Schofield can attest to this because he was at my house trying to watch this game. It was a nightmare. But anyways, they ended up pinning the Bills back on like the two- or three-yard line, and that was when the Bills just, it was just a barrage of big plays. Gabe Davis just, oh my gosh, over Minka Fitzpatrick over and over again. It was ugly. It was ugly. So creativity, right? That's exactly what we're going to talk about on offense and defense. What is, what is that? What does that look like? 
yeah, I can sit here and say they got to be creative. They got to think of something they've never done before. Here's what I'm talking about. You go back to all the way earlier in the season with Matt Canada at the helm. And even still, going is in, in week 18, the Steelers love to establish the run early. They don't care about the numbers game. They don't care about the box, meaning how many defenders are down there to stop the run. Sometimes they feel like we are going to run it on you no matter what. They did that in Seattle against loaded boxes. They did it against Baltimore against loaded boxes. And that's awesome. What I'd love to see them do is play action early. Play action early. If there's an MO, if there's a book out on the Steelers, it's that they're going to try and run it early. So what do you do? You bank on them thinking the same exact thing and you play action off that running game or what their expected running game will be. And then you hit a big, a couple big passes down the field. Now that could definitely soften up the defense. You connect on a few big plays based off of the play action, which some fans out there might say, well, Jeff, if you don't run the ball, the play action's not going to work. That's not really true. I, I believe it was Dave Schofield on a stat geek episode. It might've been last season. They ran the numbers or it might've been Jeffrey Benedict that you don't have to be a good running team and you don't have to have had success in that area for it to actually be a successful play action pass. So do play action early, soften up the defense, force them to back off, then run the rock. So flip the script on these guys. It kind of reminds me of in 2005. And I know I said on Monday, I'm not trying to bring that up. I'm using this as an example. In 2005, after the Steelers advanced to the divisional round, they beat the Bengals, and we all know that's the chemo von Olhoffen rolling into Carson Palmer's knee. If you're alive, you remember. And the next game was against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, and that was Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, all those guys. They were a phenomenal football team. And they had blown the doors off of the Steelers on Monday Night Football earlier that year. What did the Steelers do, though? They came out throwing the ball. Ben Roethlisberger to Heath Miller down the seam on more than one occasion, move the ball quickly. That's kind of what I think the Steelers' offense is going to have to do. The only thing that could get in the way of this type of creative approach to the offensive side of the ball are the, is the weather. If they're having unbelievable wind, there's, that's what I've heard most recently. It's supposed to be really windy, cold, chance of snow. Maybe then they don't trust that. In that case, I understand. But they have to run the rock. Then I think you still have to take your shots downfield. You have to hope that the offensive line can hold up and you have to take those shots down the field. And sometimes you have to take those shots down the field to George Pickens, even when it might be bracketed coverage. And I'm not saying you throw into two-on-one situations, but you might have to, Mason Rudolph, look off the defender and then throw the ball to George Pickens to give him an opportunity. And last but not least, a well-timed trick play has proven to be beneficial. The Steelers are, are slowly dipping their toe back into this water. When you think about the jet sweep to Calvin Austin, I know the jet sweep is not really a trick play, but they run those motions all the time, and it's it basically comes down to those players running or just getting cardio in. That's it. So in that regard, when I think about this, I think about the reverses that they've run. Sometimes they've been successful. You can't go back to that well too many times, though. So when I think about the well-timed trick play, I think to those previous postseasons where, I mean, hell, everyone remembers Super Bowl Forty when it was a reverse to Antoine Randall who throws the ball down to Heinz Ward for the touchdown against the Seahawks. So you have those abilities. They have players that can do it. 
maybe even special teams, sometimes you have to pull out all the stops. Sometimes you have to do that. This might be one of those games. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, it's different. When you look at the Steelers' last three playoff games, they've surrendered 45, 48, and 42 points. Yeah, that's fact. 45, 48, and 42 points, respectively. If all the Steelers' safeties are available, now I know that's a big if right now, but if you have Minka, you have Trenton Thompson, you've got KZ, and let's throw Eric Rowe into that, that mix. You've got four healthy safeties that are all available they need to spy Josh Allen. No, I'm not saying this is back when you, you know, playing against Michael Vick, what they had to do then when, when he was on the field. He's not that type of runner. But you do need to have someone that is always keeping their eye on Josh Allen running the football. But I also think in terms of creativity, can the Steelers get away with using lighter sub packages to play against these tight ends? Knox, Kincaid, they're, they're good tight ends. They're very, very capable tight ends. So when I look at this, the Steelers getting creative in the secondary might be what needs to happen to help the pass rush. They used to always be the other way around. You would have TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, or any number of players. You talk about Larry Ogunjobi. You can talk about Cam Hayward getting to the quarterback and getting after it. That then could force... Aaron throws or ill-timed throws, which can equate to turnovers. Well, you might not get that now. And so if you don't get that now, that's fine. You have to have good coverage. That's why I say go lighter. We'll see if that works. But that's creative. That's something they're not necessarily expecting. Also, I want them to rotate the outside linebackers more. The one thing I don't want to see is Alex Highsmith staying out there 95% of the time Marcus Golden being out there 85% of the time, and Nick Herbig gets to play sparingly. No, Nick Herbig is as close to TJ Watt as you can get on their roster. Yeah, I know Alex Highsmith is talented, and I know that he has good pass rush moves, but he is not TJ Watt. The closest thing they had to TJ Watt is Nick Herbig. Now, Nick Herbig is not TJ Watt. I'll say that again. He is not TJ Watt, but he has a similar skill set. So get him on the field more. You're going to have to create pressure on the edge. The right tackle of the Buffalo Bills is their weak spot. Get someone out there that can win that matchup, that can abuse that matchup. And last but not least, this has to be a bend-don't-break game to the max. It has to be to the max. And I'm saying force field goals all day, all night, that's fine. You're going to give up a touchdown or two. It's just the nature of the beast when you go to Buffalo and play the Bills. But can they bend and not break? This is going to also kind of mirror the offense. Can the offense actually stand tall? Can the offense run the ball, control the time of possession, limit the time of possession for the Buffalo Bills, and maybe just maybe get a lead in this game where now the Steelers can dictate what exactly happens with the Buffalo Bills on their side of the field? It's not going to be easy, but it's also not impossible. If the Steelers coaching staff is creative, I think they can absolutely get the job done. All right, let's update some DEFCON levels before we take a break and we get into the mailbag segment. Quarterback, and on the offensive side, really, they're all staying the same. Uh, they won 17-10, to 10, but I don't think anyone had an output that I was like, okay, I'm going to jack it up. Quarterback stays the same at a three. Mason Rudolph looked good, but I'm not going to upgrade him to a four, not when really all of his production came on one throw. You're thinking running backs. Najee Harris had a great game. Let's also not forget that Jalen Warren put the ball on the ground more than once. He's a running back. That counts. They stay at a three. Tight ends and wide receivers. Yes, Deontay Johnson had that big catch and run. Other than that, I also watched these plays with Deontay Johnson just 
I still don't understand what happened. Mason Rudolph had two incompletions and the one incompletion down the sideline to Deontay Johnson looked as if it was a perfect throw and he just didn't put his arms out to catch it. I don't get it either. The offensive line though, they remain a three. They were the closest thing to maybe being bumped up to a four. Just not yet. Just not there yet. As for the defense, nothing well, actually one position went down the wrong direction and one went up the correct direction. The defensive back stayed the same at a three was happy with the contributions of Eric Rowe and Patrick Peterson in their new positions. Joey Porter Jr. Played well. Uh, you had a pretty decent game from Levi Wallace. Nothing to complain about there. They stay at a three inside linebacker. Miles Jack continues to show that he's looks fresh. Uh, you have Mark Robinson creating a fumble. You have Landon Roberts showing all the guts that you can ever find on a football field and playing with one, one arm. They stay at a three outside linebacker goes down to a two. And that's not because Alex Highsmith's no good, or we don't like the depth. Like I just said, they are more equipped now for the loss of TJ Watt than they ever have been, but you lost TJ Watt. So that's going to make you go down at least one. So that's a two defensive line. They go up to a three liked what they did. Liked Larry Ogunjobi getting some push on Adams, Keanu Benton, Cam Hayward, Armand Watts was noticeable in the game last uh, Saturday. They're going to have to have another big game against uh, Buffalo. They go up to a three. The special teams goes down to a two. That's all Presley Harvin right there. All big press. And the fans, they stay at a three. There's cautious optimism. We'll see, though. They got into the playoffs. We'll see how it plays out. So there you have the DEFCON levels. We will do at least one more DEFCON level. Once the season ends, whenever it ends, we will wrap it up, and then we'll do we'll readdress the DEFCON levels when the new league year starts, after the NFL draft, all that fun stuff. So there you go. Let's hope we have another game, though, to prepare for. What you should prepare for is the mailbag segment, which will be coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half. It is time for the mailbag segment. I ask the question every Tuesday from my Twitter account. Who has questions for the mailbag segment? You can find that at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. All you have to do is respond to that tweet. You don't have to follow me or anything like that. You respond to that tweet, and I will answer the question live on this podcast every Wednesday. I've been using Anchorman gifts all throughout this three-game winning streak. Use one again. We're... Ron Burgundy sitting there drinking a Coors, and he says, boy, that escalated quickly. Yes, this season has escalated quickly as we get ready for the playoffs. Let's start this off with Believers. He said, hey, the new Here We Go Steelers fight song is out. He shared it. And by Roger Wood, that's the Here We Go. That song, though, because they redo it every time the Steelers get into the postseason. And I can't hear that song without thinking of the 1995 version where it was all about cow or power will get the job done. Then he'll win that one for the thumb. Here we go. It's totally different now, but I still sing that in my head and I'm sure I'm not alone. So there you go. Believers also added the weekly rider die crew poll. He said, which position is the top priority for an upgrade center offensive tackle quarterback or other and center is leading right now. So go and participate in that. If you want Let's go to the next Jeff Coons, 
our buddy from up north in Nat Canada, and he spells his name wrong, but that's okay. He said, hi, Jeff. More of a comment than a question. With TJ out on Sunday, Nick Herbing and Marcus Golden have a quote-unquote golden opportunity to shine. Their names have been called. They'll see regular playing time in an NFL playoff game. Next man up. I look forward to seeing how they respond. I hope they do respond. They're going to see the one-on-one matchup. Everything's going to slide to Alex Highsmith's direction. So it's going to be up to them to win their matchup. We'll see if they can do it. James M. He says, do you think with the return of Minka and KZ, we see more box safety sets, mainly to contain Josh Allen, given his ability to break free so much and scramble. A lot of people want Minka to go back into that free safety role, playing the deep center field. Now, if you're, if Minka's back and Minka's healthy, he's the guy that's in the box, helping to slow down Josh Allen, helping to stop the running game, getting everyone organized, as well as minimizing the damage done by tight ends. It's just how it's going to work. Nathan Van Slyke, I've heard rumors about Keanu Neal being eligible to come off IR. Any hints at this possibly happening? He's actually been eligible to return now for a while. He's just not healthy enough. I don't know what the injury was. It, it was never really diagnosed. Was it chest, uh, ribs? I don't know. But nonetheless, we'll see. I, I, I feel They haven't opened his window yet, that 21-day window. I don't see him coming off IR anytime soon. Easy pickings. Said, hey, Jeff, love your analogy of playing with house money. That was from Monday show. So if you missed it, go back and check it out. He said, really hope we play well and walk away with a W this weekend. Factoring in the forecast of snow, what are three things that need to happen for this team to live another week? Well, I kind of talked about that in the first half. They got to be creative. They got to be willing to go out and get some splash plays. That's what they need to do. Thomas asked, how huge would it be if Gabe Davis was out this week? It would absolutely be huge. It would be huge to the point where you think about last year's game where he made a lot of plays. He made a lot of plays as it pertains to those deep balls down the field. He was the one that was over top of Minka Fitzpatrick from time to time making those plays. You eliminate one more weapon and now Stefan Diggs is all the, the really the only person you have to worry about. I like it if he can't play. I hate I'm not wishing injury but you get what I'm saying. Ant Smith said, what is your reaction and thoughts on Mason if he delivers a road playoff victory with another good performance? No playoff victory since 2016. If Mason delivers, he has to raise eyebrows on Mason in the quarterback position. If Mason Rudolph continues to play at this level, and again, he only had two incompletions last week in really bad conditions. If he can orchestrate a playoff win, it has to change almost everything about the way that the, when you think about how the organization views him as the quarterback, they have to do whatever they can to try and bring him back. I don't blame him if he wants to leave, but man, if that, that would have to change their philosophy. Let's go to Bob Rep. I think it's Rayberg. Sorry if I mispronounced it. He said regarding winners and losers list from Ratbird game. That's Monday's, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday's podcast. What are your thoughts on Calvin Austin? Best punt return game all year. I believe good to see also. Uh, Iguibuque deserves recognition for that one play where he jumped out of bounds and then touched the football. He's a contrast that play with Gunner's performance. So I did think Calvin Austin had his best return game of the year. Still waiting for him to break one. And it just seems like every time that guy gets hit, it's like it's like a train wreck. It's like he's literally running into a tractor trailer. But then with you know Iguibuque's, play is a heads up play gunner Olszewski earlier this year 
toe tap the sideline to keep a ball in play instead of doing what Imbuque did. Just awful is the anti-gunner play. So I liked it. Mike McDonald said, Jeff, I love my Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays going to work now after discovering your podcast. This is crazy for me. Mike, thank you for the compliment. And he did ask a question, but I want to say that I, I forget sometimes that a lot of people might have just found my show. They might have just found, you know, the, the, the Let's Ride podcast and the Steel Curtain Network. So if you're new, welcome. Welcome. I love adding to the Ride or Die crew and, and seeing this, this community grow because it's exactly what it is. Mike continues, do you know if the Bills or Bills Mafia have ever disrespected the towel? Would feel a lot more confident this weekend knowing if they have. I'm sure they have at some point. Someone will unearth a video of someone burning a terrible towel or jumping through a table with a towel on it. I don't know. Sure, it's out there. I, I, I'm sure it's out there. Jay Allen asked, Godwin O made a heads-up play on the kickoff out of bounds. What does Gunner do if he was in the same situation? He probably picks it up and tries to return it. Or Niels, I don't know. Gunner would probably make the wrong move, though. But hey, who am I to say anything? Gunnar Olszewski had a punt return touchdown for the Giants. So what are you going to say about that? Leo Alana said, hey, hypothetically speaking, if the Steelers win the Super Bowl with Mason driving, can Tomlin go with anyone else for the quarterback position, or would that be enough justification for Mason to earn the starting position? If Mason Rudolph wins a Super Bowl, then you better believe the, the Steelers are going to open the checkbook to try and bring him back. Yeah, like that. that's not... You don't over... I don't think you ever overlook winning a Lombardi trophy. Steeler fan 69 said, Hey Jeff, it's great. The Steelers made the playoffs. Another week of my favorite podcast pre and post games. And now more dad jokes. Here we go. There was a sale at the lo local Lego store that had customers in line for blocks. Womp, womp, womp. Next. Sometimes I wake up grumpy. Sometimes I let her sleep in. <laughs> oh, these are funny. They're good stuff. All right. Good stuff. Good jokes. Uh, Riley, Riley Crant said all of those out there who feel like we're just going to go to Buffalo and get blown out of the water that since Mason Rudolph became the starting quarterback, we are running a top 10 offense in the NFL before then. And still now we hold a top five defense and points allowed. We have a shot. He said, not a question. Just pointing that out. Hashtag ride or die crew. Riley, I'm with you, man. That's, I love that. Keep that positive energy going. Those positive vibes. They need them. Doc M. He said, or Southside Doc, longtime listener. He said, no question, just excitement for the playoffs. Hashtag ride or die crew. Doc, we are with you. We are excited. This is a great week. Ant Smith, not sure why Najee Harris doesn't get more credit and is so disliked. Whenever the offense is having success, he's normally a big reason why. Agree or disagree? I agree that he doesn't get the credit he deserves and that he's not dis that he's not liked as much. I have good majority of the media because I think sometimes maybe he comes off as kind of off-putting with the media. He's not really outward. I think he's a good teammate, but he's also been open about not liking certain things with the team, the coaching staff. That rubs people the wrong way. Ant continues, I think we should keep him around, agree or disagree. I'd be okay with them picking up his fifth-year option. He said, I think it's because he's not flashy, just old-school downhill grinder. Fans that don't see the value in Najee Harris after week 18. We'll never see the value in Najee Harris in week 18. I think that's important to note. Let's go to Todd Hall. What's your take on how they play KZ, Roe, and Minka? Also, the specs 
you wear on your videos, are they prescribed or are they for when you're staring at a screen all day? <laughs> That's a good question, Todd. Um, so if you see a clip of me from my Let's Ride podcast where I'll take a clip and put it out on social media to promote the podcast, if you're watching our post-game shows, if it's a night game, uh, my glasses are red. The ones that I'll see, do during the day are yellow. They are not prescription lenses. I do not have corrective lenses. I was blessed with good vision. These are blue blocking glasses. Uh, learned a lot from my wife about protecting your eyes from the screen. I, I am in front of a computer screen a lot throughout the day. So that's what those are. But Todd, I talked about the, the safeties. They're going to have to get creative to stop the tight ends, to slow down uh, Josh Allen himself. I think those safeties coming back, if they can all come back, will be huge. Let's go to Tom East. Jeff, I went back and watched some tape on the Bills this year and found the teams who shadowed Josh Allen were extremely successful in limiting his scrambling yards. Who do you think the Steelers have that can do that? And then he said, hashtag killed a guy with the trident, referring to Anchorman. Uh, so great quote, but also I think it's Minka. Minka or Eric Rowe are those guys. The only right way I wouldn't put Minka in that position is if he's not able to move the way that he should be able to move with his knee. So if he's not like that yet, then you put Eric Rowe there. I think he's a good good guy to do that. Maybe even Elijah Riley, but more Eric Rowe, I think. Steelers 419. How many interceptions does Josh Allen need to throw for us to win this game? Dose. Dose or more. Two or more. That's how many. Nick, El Jefe, with all the Steelers fans who are saying Coach T has run his course, has a two-stale message, or that he's lost the locker room, does the team leaders like TJ, Cam, and Najee saying he hasn't convince you he's the best option at head coach? He's done a good job. And while there's parts of Mike Tomlin, even now after winning three games and the team getting into the postseason, there are still parts of him as a coach that I'm not crazy about, but I think he is their best option to head coach right now if he wants to continue. We all know the rumors that he might be looking to take a break. Is George Pickens really him? Jeff, can you believe the position this team is in? After they squeak past the Bills, stomp the Ratbirds, and humble Mahomes in the AFC Championship game, it's going to feel real nice watching them beat San Francisco in the battle for seven. That's incredible to think about. And uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. If I believe... I think San Fran only has five. I think it's, uh, yeah, the two for six are Patriots and, and Steelers. But still, the battle for the Steelers seventh. If that happens, bring it on. I'm here for it. That would be fantastic. Bartholomew Graffs, his last time I was here, Mr. Hartman, you said you didn't think we'd be dancing, but here we are doing the tango. Can the Steelers keep up the same ball they have played the past three weeks? Has your faith been restored? Hashtag boot the bills. My faith has never really waned. I said at the time, like if you ask me after Indianapolis, are they going to make the playoffs? Ask any fan after the Indianapolis game. I would have said the same thing. Yep, no, probably not. But at the same point, here we are, and they are getting ready to do the thing. So I think they can keep up the past three weeks. And everyone says, oh, well, Buffalo's a good defense. They are a good defense, but they also give up a lot of rushing yards. They can be run on. They can be had. They have some injuries. If the offensive line plays their game, the Steelers can win this game. Bo Vice, this is totally an off-season question, but with all this Tomlin leaving talk, do you think this may be a way for him to leverage his success for more say-so within the organization? I don't think he's had say-so on coaching hires, and he sees lesser coaches with that pool. I know for a fact that Mike Tomlin does have a say. Does he have ultimate say? No. And I don't know if he'll ever have ultimate say with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but could he leverage it to get more say? Maybe. Maybe he could. Absolutely. 
All right, Heath Davis. Let me see if I can find the first one. He asked several questions. El Jefe, back like I never left. Will the Steelers be the first seven seed to win a playoff game? I think they're going to win this game. I really do. Next from Heath. If Mason wins us a Super Bowl, will you quietly replace your kid's KPA jersey with a Rudolph jersey? My kids don't have a Kenny Pickett jersey. One of them has a Roethlisberger. One of them has a Paula Malu. One of them has a Ryan Shazier. I was gifted both a Mason Rudolph and a Kenny Pickett jersey. So outside of the Roethlisberger's that I purchased myself, and those were from Brian Davis, by the way, those Kenny Pickett jerseys and uh, the Kenny Pickett jersey and the Mason Rudolph jersey. So next from Heath, he says, KP8 defenders out there are saying that if KP8 would have played against the same teams, he would have had the same results as Mason. Over KP8 sample size, do you believe he has ever performed at the level Mason is right now? Can you name a game he looked better? All the Kenny Pickett defenders are going to point to the game in Cincinnati where they put up over 400 yards of offense but only scored 16 points, and they're going to say, look, that's when he did it. And I thought he played well. And he was actually playing okay against Arizona before he got hurt. But no, I haven't seen him play at that level. I really haven't. Heath says, next question, why are these the only takes on playoff teams that I see from the commentators? So an average team, average takes about other teams in the playoffs. Here's what it says. Insert team closed out the season in an up and down manner. They have every chance in the world to make the Super Bowl. I think they will surprise people. An average take on the Steelers making the playoffs. You absolute fools, you buffoons, you absolute pile of dog excrement of a football team. How dare you even look at the playoffs? The Bills will destroy you and leave no remains. You don't deserve to breathe, let alone be in the playoffs. You unequivocal doorknobs. <laughs> Can't say I've heard all of that, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying for sure. All right, let's go to the next question in the mailbag. Man, y'all asked a lot. I love this. Absolutely love it. Let's go with, um, where did I leave off? Okay, found it. Crystal Privet, she asked a couple questions. Should the Steelers change up Minka's position in the secondary? Meaning he plays more coverage near inside linebacker. Looking at the numbers, the defense has better games without him as of late. I, I see what you're saying, and they have been playing better without him. I think that there are times where Minka Fitzpatrick's presence sometimes might have the coaches coaching differently, the players relying on him for certain things. And with him not there, that's exactly what you have is you have this, this leniency on him. I think they could switch it up. Maybe if Eric Rowe, they like him in the box, or they want KZ in the box, they could put Minka more in like that center field role. I'd be okay with it as long as he's healthy. Crystal Privet again, last one. I looked at last year's stats. This year's stats, the two-minute offense was very efficient with Najee in it. This year, the team chooses only Jalen to run it with poor results. What gives? Mind you, Najee had 74 receptions as a rookie. Yeah, Najee Harris has proven that he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. I think the one thing that Jalen Warren does better is pass blocking, and maybe that has something to do with it. Najee Harris has had a great year. He's had a great year, and anyone that doesn't want to at least acknowledge that, even if you don't like the guy, well, it's just because you don't like the guy. So there you go. Juan asks, where's all the Miles Garrett going to win defensive player of the year regardless narrative coming from? Is he really going to win it despite Watt's numbers? This is coming from people like Pro Football Focus, who they say, based on their own metrics, their own measurements, their own analysts, and they never share what they're actually looking for. They see all these defenders that are better than TJ Watt. And even though the 
TJ Watt has the numbers, they will say, well, those are the numbers that don't matter. Our numbers matter. And that just kind of starts it. Next thing you know, Miles Garrett becomes a story that the NFL is starting to pump and push up. And it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy, but that's where we are right now. I don't know where it's coming from outside of PFF. Is George Pickens really him? Asked a couple questions. Who's your pick for the most valuable Steelers rookie? I mean, Joey Porter Jr. won the Chief Award. I'm not the Chief Award, the Joe Joe Green Award for the best rookie. Um, but if I had, I was going to say Keanu Benton and Broderick Jones deserve some some tips of the cap for their play as well. Next from is George Pickens really him? Who do you think will have a bigger impact, Golden and Herbig or Minka and KZ? I'm going to go with Golden and Herbig. I've got a feeling they're going to make some plays. I hope I'm right. Let's go to Mark. He said, with KZ and potentially Minka back in the lineup, what does our secondary look like in Buffalo? Pat Pete back to corner? I think yes. I like Pat Pete. It's in in certain situations, maybe playing safety, but we don't need him full time. Get him back in the corner. That's where he belongs. He's more comfortable there. And when you got Stefan Diggs and those type of guys, you want that veteran presence out there. I like putting Patrick Peterson back out on the edge. Chris G said opening up at 10 point underdog seems like a lot of points. Does Vegas know something we don't remember Buffalo's got a very rabid fan base. There's probably a lot of people putting money on the bills. They want to entice Steeler fans to place money on their team. And so they're going to try and get you to, to bite. I've seen seven and a half all the way up to 10 and 10 and a half. That's what I'm going to say about that. Next from Chris. Also, how would you rotate the safety start a KZ? It's been away for weeks or a hot row. Keanu Neal update. Haven't heard anything about Keanu Neal, but I will say to KZ, he's not going to play all the time, but they're, they're going to have to get him in there. He finishes up with love the pod. Many blessings to you. Same to you, Chris. Thank you for the kind words. I do appreciate it. Okay. Let's go to Brandon Diaz, the winner of our t-shirt giveaway. He said, do you have any superstitions while watching the game? Example, I wear sunglasses indoors while watching They're three and zero. Okay. So for me, uh, no, sit in the same spot on the couch. My kids have made me wear the same outfit the last three weeks, which is Steelers Zubas with a black Steelers football long sleeve t-shirt. So we'll, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. So those are the superstitions I have. I will be busting out the playoff terrible towel though, since the Steelers are in the postseason. next while TJ's most certainly out, how confident are you in Herbig and others to step in? I'm confident, but they're going to have to, re- they're going to get to Josh Allen. We all have seen people get close. You got to take that big guy down. It's kind of like when defenses used to play against Ben Roethlisberger. Next, why didn't we keep Brad wing when he was punting better than Harvin? Could, he's still a free agent, I believe. So I mean, they could always add him if they wanted, but they, they drafted Presley Harvin and the holding thing. You gotta always throw that in there or from Brandon Diaz, a favorite playoff memory. By far, it's that 2005 game against the Indianapolis Colts. It's a long story. I've told it before on the podcast where we were going to watch the game in my brother's house in Northern Virginia. He had satellite dish issues. We had to scramble, go to a fraternity brother's apartment. There were probably, I swear, like 40 people in this apartment. And it was just crazy. It was a crazy game, crazy ending. We laughed. We cried. We almost threw up. It was fantastic. <laughs> Next, where are the Tomlin haters? They've been awfully quiet the last three weeks. Yeah, what, what are you what are you going to complain about? Winning games, big games on the road to keep your playoff hopes alive. And then last one, who is your surprise playoff team that could make a run? He's going with the Texans. For me, I'm going to go with the NFC, and I'm going to say the Los Angeles Rams could surprise some people. 
So there you go. That's the mailbag. Thank you all very much for participating. I do appreciate it. In the meantime, be on the lookout for Friday's show, working on trying to get someone from the Buffalo Bills side of the docket to come on to do a Behind Enemy Lines segment. We're going to have the All Bets Are Off segment. Make sure you check out all of our content on the YouTube side. Find us there by searching Steel Curtain Network. Find us on everywhere we get your podcasts. Tell your friends. This is a grassroots movement, people. Tell your friends. If they're Steeler fans, send them links. Send them the, 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 the show and say, check out this show. This is a great show. That's how we grow this thing. We thank you all very much for that. If you haven't done it yet, give us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify. Give us a good comment. I'll read it live on the show. We do appreciate all our fans and listeners. That does it for me. You know how we finish it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you.